Hi, it's Jesse, and this is a shout out to everyone who jumped on JoeFresh.com to get my limited edition matching family collection. It's been selling so fast. The baby romper, the kid set, and the dress are my obsessions for the summer. I am loving seeing them on your kids, and they're so affordable. The toddler dress is $16. That's why I bought 10 and smuggled them back into the U.S. illegally for my friend's kids. I shouldn't have said that on a recorded medium. Anyway, the Jesse Collection is out now in select stores and at JoeFresh.com. Get it before it's gone. Or before I'm gone. To jail. This week on Phone a Friend, Beyonce and Shania Twain are doing gender reveals. The Titanic submersible has caused chaos online and I'm doing a deep dive. Not like that. And Clear Up Page Us Weekly Selling Sunset's Nicole Young comes to me for the first time ever to tell her side of the story. Shut your mouth. You can't say this kind of stuff. This has real world repercussions. Uh, am I the new Christine Quinn? Because the Oppenheim group is about to be shook when they hear this call. So ring the bell. The episode starts now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. Ooh, my voice cracked right there like a 12-year-old boy. <gasps> Today I'm recording from my boring old studio with three kids unsupervised watching Coco Melon mere feet away. Evan is out of town, so I am on my own. Thank you for your condolences. But on July 29th, I'll be recording Phone a Friend live at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. What? With three kids 3,000 miles away. The only people I want there is you. Tickets are available. Come see the show live. Meet me. Hang with me. We can go out and dance to Pitbull after the show. We're going to put the link in the description of this episode. Jason, my producer, hi. Hi. Hello. Can you even believe this is happening? It's big news. It's big news. It's exciting. 
my own father literally looked at me and was like, how did you get that? (laughs) I was like, I don't know, dad, I'm funny. And honestly, at first, you and I weren't sure if we were going to do it. I I was like, I don't know that we can do this show live on the stage. Like, how would we do our boy band jingles? And you can't phone someone live. Like, how are we going to make it happen? And then I thought to myself, what would Bill O'Reilly circa 2008 do? And I thought, we'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. (laughs) We'll do it live. Fuck it. Fucking thing sucks. I'm sorry to play such a literal frat boy clip from 15 years ago, but is that one of the greatest viral videos of our time? I don't think I know it. Jason, the Bill O'Reilly fuck it will do it live? I don't know. Is it like (gasps) like a sports thing? Oh my God, no. This is like the straightest, like frattiest thing I've ever included in our show. And I apologize to you and all of our our listeners, truly. But- But Jason, I'm texting you the link right now. It's it's worth a watch. Okay. It's like this and Grape Lady for me. Yeah, I just need these two to keep me going. One time I sat my five-year-old's down and I was like, please watch Grape Stomping Lady. Like I was, <laughs> Did they like, last? I was Did they get it? exposing them to culture. Oh, they watched it 700 times. It was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. Oh, good. Okay, so that's exciting. That's exciting. We digress, but it's it's big news. Also exciting... We promised you Selling Sunset drama would unfold right here on this very pod. And today, we're delivering. So after we had Amanza on this podcast, which by the way, Jason, my friend who listens to the show said to me, why do you pronounce Amanda so weird? Oh, and no. I was like, her name is Amanza. <laughs> not a Selling Sunset fan. Yeah, Just thought that not. I was pronouncing Amanda with panache. No, Amanza was on the show. And then I got all these requests from other Selling Sunset cast members to come on the show. And today, Nicole Young is making her first ever podcast appearance on Phone a Friend to, quote, tell her side of the story when it comes to the drama between her and Chriselle. And listen, if you don't watch Selling Sunset like my friend who thought Amanda was Amanda, this call will still be like, I'm going to use this word, explosive. Okay? In touch isn't ready. Clear a page for these quotes. (laughs) Nicole is saying things to me about Chriselle, who she feuded with on this season of Selling Sunset, that she has never said to anyone. And I I'm just like, I'm a fan of the show. I never intended to get in the middle of it. But here I am. I feel like I'm more involved in the Selling Sunset drama than Davina, which is why I'm recording now and nothing but Chanel pasties covering my nipples. Just to, you know, (laughs) get into the spirit. What are you wearing, Jace? Same. Yeah, yeah. I love that visual image. That's coming up. Now, Jason, since I do consider our phone of friends my actual friends... I I really do. And by the way, somebody suggested phonies to me as a name for our listeners. Do you like that? Hmm. Um, I'd have to sit with it. Sit with it. It grew on me. It grew on me. Sit with it. Phonies, we could have phone of friends, which I like. Elder millennials, another suggestion. You know what? Tell us, listeners, what do you identify as? Okay? Tell me in my DMs. I want to get your pronouns right right when I address you on this show. I don't want to miss identify you. So I feel like I should tell, let's try it, my phonies, about the rager I threw at my house this weekend. Should I tell them? Let's go for it. Absolute rager. 
It was a summer hoedown in honor of Romy's second birthday, which, to be clear, happened three weeks after her actual birthday because third child and was not at all a children's (laughs) birthday party, by the way, geared towards children because, again, third child. It was just like an excuse to have some of our friends over for a summer hang. We did have a Western theme. And the only reason I went with this theme is because Romy has these cute little red cowboy boots that have a little heel. And she was insisting on wearing them to daycare. She just like put them on with her sweatpants. And eventually her teachers were like, um, Jesse, uh, is there a different choice of footwear? We're just, she's having a hard time on the play structure wearing heels. So I had to, like, (laughs) stop letting her wear the boots to daycare, which was devastating, obviously. And so I just wanted to give her an occasion to wear them freely and proudly. So I themed an entire party around the cowboy boots. We had, like, 50-something people over. We had drinks, we barbecued, and we rented a mechanical bull, as you do for a (laughs) two-year-old's birthday party. In my mind, it was, like, cute and fun. Like, everyone gets bounce houses. Let's do something funny, you know? And then the mechanical bull arrives the morning of the party, and instantly, as they pulled the truck into my driveway, I was like, this does not look funny. It was an eight-foot-tall, full-sized metal bull that, if put on full speed, could absolutely kill someone. I mean, would hurl them over the fence into the neighbor's pool. And like, there's like three rugged gauchos. I don't know what that means. It feels right. Gauchos are like drilling into our backyard to get the bull up. Evan looks over at me and he's so mad, Jason. He was like, Jesse, this is the most dangerous thing we've ever done. It looked very metal. It was hard metal, (laughs) not just metal. It was clearly had been used, okay? That bull has seen some asses. It was like the metal was raw at the bottom. Evan said, Jesse, the objective here is just to not get sued. That's the only thing we had to focus on is like that no one would get hospitalized or injured. Evan also was like, why can't you just get a fucking bounce house? Why does everything always have to be funny? (laughs) You arrived, Jason. And can we just say, on theme, in a Let's Go Girls t-shirt, some Shania Twain merch, no big deal. One of the rare places I could get away with wearing that in the middle of the day. Absolutely. And can I just tell you this? After you left, Evan was like, Jesse, when did Jason get so ripped? What? <laughs> yes. Oh. He was like, wow. Jason was like, I mean, Evan was really? eyeing you. Okay. He was pretending oh. to work the grill, but he was actually just <laughs> checking you out in your Let's Go Girls I'm store. actually blushing. Compliments from the chef, Jace. Uh, you unfortunately did not opt to bless us all with your ripped physique on the ball. No, just blatantly too scared. Too scared. Yeah. Yeah. All of the children did. I will tell you, the five-year-olds did. Some of the two-year-olds did. And a few of the adults did. I did. Tell me, Jason, when I was riding the bull, Mm -hmm. was it giving Tyra Banks or Piper Paraboo in Coyote Ugly? Yeah. It was fun. You were having a lot. You were having a lot of fun on it. I was having a blast. It was very enjoyable to watch you on, on it. 
Okay. See, I see. I was going for like raw sex appeal <laughs> at my two-year-old's party. I just really wanted to, you know, <laughs> yeah. give my guests that gift. But also, my groin will never be the same. Like the order of pain to my groin literally goes: birthing twins, birthing Romy, riding that hard metal mechanical ball. Because you need to like <gasps> clench, clench the entire lower body to stay on, right? It's a hard lower body clench. And listen, with your ripped physique, you probably could have clenched. <laughs> He's so uncomfortable. Because <laughs> it's not I that ripped that of a physique for squat. I don't want to deny it, but... It's- no, don't deny it. You, you already have admirers, Jason, just from your voice alone. So now let them put a let them put a vivid okay. mental image of you with that. Um, I did bless my guests along with my sexuality with a country music playlist that I really had to work hard to pull together for the event. You had Shania, obviously, right? I mean, obviously. I had multiple Shania tracks. Okay, I also pulled some classic Tim McGraw. On my white t-shirt. I forgot about this song. She had a suntan line and red lipstick, right? Yeah. That was a that was a fun throwback. And then I included Luke Bryan, who you know, Jason, as who's that white guy on American Idol? (laughs) Country girl. That's why Luke Bryan is qualified to judge America's finest singers. Finally, I reached deep into the archives from the back-to-back Canadian Country Music Awards I hosted and included some CanCon, like breakfast beer by the pride of Canada, Gord Banford. What even is oh, a Caesar? Wow. Oh, true. Right? Yep. Sipping on breakfast beer. And I did need a breakfast beer the day after just to recover from it all. Because let me tell you, it's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. You know what? Let's go, girls, and keep the country theme going with a Shania-adjacent question I have, which is, are gender reveals back? So if you recall, a few years ago, an explosion from a gender reveal party started a literal forest fire. And I think in the same year, multiple people died or were hospitalized from gender reveal explosive-related accidents. And more importantly, I personally canceled the gender reveal party in an episode of New Mom Who Dis, where I visited the woman who's credited with inventing the gender reveal party, and now she told me she wants them to stop. Partly because this little girl that she cut a pink cake for 13 years prior grew up to be gender nonconforming. This is also why she told me gender reveal parties can be problematic. The problem is the parties have become so aggressive and so crazy. You're centering gender and you're making it the most important part of this new person. And it's really not. Nobody's denying anatomy. I'm not denying anatomy. There's just such an extreme. This is how to be girly. And this is how to be a man. Your child may end up feeling that the way they need to earn their love from you is to perform a certain version of femininity, to to perform masculinity. And it's just, we don't want to do that to our kids. We love them no matter what. I mean, I understand that. And I feel like after that episode of New Mom Who Dis, gender reveals were done. 
but apparently Beyonce, Shania, and the Kardashians didn't catch my digital series <laughs> on Facebook Watch because in the last month, feels like they're back, Jason. They are back, bigger than ever. First, Shania Twain pulled a woman from Newfoundland up on stage at her Toronto show because the woman was holding a sign that said, Shania, will you do my gender reveal? Shania, in her Shopper's Drug Mart wig, <gasps> opens the envelope from the woman and sings. <laughs> Right beside you, there'll be a girl. (laughs) I mean, she could have just gone with let's go, girls. Yeah. Feels like a more obvious choice. But she decided to make it a moment with from this moment. And people lost their damn minds. I mean, freaking out. Over in Europe, in Germany... Beyonce did the same thing. She saw a fan sign, and turns out she is not a cyborg controlled by the Illuminati. She stopped her show like a human being to say this. Can somebody hand me the envelope, please? Girls. Congratulations. Again, feels like she could have thrown in a who run the world, but you know what? It was enough to me that Beyonce, like, derailed everything to talk like a regular person. Like, that was enough for me. That was the most shocking part, I think. I know. That she made eye contact with somebody and read the sign. She made eye contact with a plebeian. She stopped the show, read the sign, and made a real person's dreams come true. Frankly, I couldn't believe it. Then, while I was riding a mechanical bull... Courtney Kardashian was making out with Travis Barker as he played a drum roll and blue streamers exploded into the sky at their gender reveal party. They didn't even stop kissing when the gender was revealed. They were like, as a boy with tongues <laughs> in mouth. It was everything. Here's the thing, Jason. I want to be someone who truly doesn't think the sex of the baby matters, right? And by the way, these shouldn't even be called gender reveal parties. They are anatomical sex mm-hmm. reveal parties, right? Gender is is determined by the person. Sex is determined by your genitalia. And I believe that gender is a construct. I believe in all of that. I didn't have a gender reveal with any of my kids, mostly because after I found out I was having twins, I was like, I don't want any more fucking surprises. And with Romy, we waited until she was born. We wanted to have that experience. And the whole pregnancy, we kept saying like, ah, we'll be happy either way, no matter what. Boy, girl, doesn't matter to us. We're going to love them the same. But this is actual audio, very personal audio that I've never shared before from Romy's birth when Evan sees her emerge from my body for the first time. Listen to this. Yeah, do you want to look and see what we got? It's a girl. What? I mean, it's like, he screams, it's a girl. And then we just instantly start weeping. Like happy, like laugh, crying, tears of damn joy. And I'm sorry, but we were thrilled. And 
If she does decide she doesn't want to identify as a girl one day, we will accept that. But we are still ecstatic to have a girl. Mostly because a third boy would have killed us. I'm sorry, I can (laughs) say it now. So, like, I don't know. I just think it's okay to be happy and excited about the sex of the baby. There there should be no shame in that. And if you want to set off explosive devices or make out while streamers erupt or have an iconic female pop star do your gender reveal live on stage... I say, as long as you're not hurting anybody or any forests, fuck it, go for it. (laughs) Fuck it. Do it live. Agree? Totally agree. What's next? What's next? All right. Jason, buckle up. Okay. Because I know you, like me, have been obsessively following the story of the Titanic submersible that tragically imploded last week. Obsessed. And I want to say this. I did make an offhand comment about it on our last episode. That was before five people on board died. And at this point, you probably have seen all the coverage. It's really so upsetting. I feel so deeply for the mother who lost her husband and her son. I mean, honestly, for all of the families and friends who lost loved ones, it's horrific. And I would never make light of this tragedy. What I would like to do is shed light on five of the most ridiculous stories surrounding this tragedy. Five of the most ridiculous stories surrounding this tragedy. At number five, while billionaire Hamish Harding was lost 12,000 feet below sea level and a multinational rescue mission was unfolding to find him, his stepson posted footage of himself at a Blink-182 concert. You know who that didn't sit well with? Cardi B. Naturally. Honestly, I I think everybody was waiting with bated breath to hear what Cardi B (laughs) thought about the tragedy. And here it is. So one of the billionaires that's missing under the water from that submarine shit, one of the billionaires, their stepson, is at a concert, right? At a Blink-182 concert. And people is like, "Um, well, what is he supposed to do? Be sad at the house? Is he supposed to go look for himself? Yes. You're supposed to be at the house sad. You're supposed to be crying for me. You're supposed to be right next to the phone waiting to hear any updates about me. You're supposed to be uh, counseling your mom. Like, isn't it sad that you a whole billionaire and nobody gives a about you? Like, you missing and ready to shake at concert. That's crazy. I'd rather be poor, but knowing that I'm loved. This is absolute Cardi B iconography. First of all, calling it that submarine shit (laughs) and (laughs) accusing him of shaking ass at a concert. The billionaire stepson replied while his stepfather was still lost at sea with his own video. I go to a Blink-182 show because they have a ticket. It wasn't like I was having super fun. It wasn't like I was celebrating, have a great time. I was kind of just listening to some of my all-time favorite songs, kind of, like, nodding my head and just trying to get off the phone for, like, maybe, like, two hours or so and come right back into the drama. Listen, some people thought he should have gone to help with the rescue mission. Instead, he said, Say it ain't so, I will not go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. Here's the thing. I might have initially sided with the stepson. Like, sure, yes, we should all be able to grieve however we need to. And for him, if that means singing all the small things... 
by all means, do that. But while the Cardi beef was happening and his stepfather was still lost at sea, he also made headlines for publicly tweeting at an OnlyFans model, asking her to sit on his face. Oh my God. Followed by asking her to please keep my family in your prayers. All the small things. I'm just saying, as new experts in the OnlyFans space, <laughs> all of us should be thrilled to hear that this woman's OnlyFans subscription spiked oh, as a result of the weird tweets from a grieving stepson while his father was missing in international waters. Na, 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 na. The number four most ridiculous story is that Mr. Beast, the most famous YouTuber on Earth, said he was asked to be on the Titan submersible. He shared a text message inviting him to join the mission and said he decided to decline the invitation. To think we could have lost Mr. Beast. I mean, this would be a huge deal to me if I knew who Mr. Beast was. At number three, while the submersible was lost at sea, the nation was... Streaming Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. This is real. Streams of the Titanic theme song spiked during the four-day search, and when the passengers were confirmed dead, the song instantly gained over one million news streams. Wild. Wild. Jay, who was like, you know what I need to cope with this harrowing tragedy? Celine Dion. It's like, I kind of get it because it's like, I kind of get it. Yeah, (laughs) truly. Actually, but you know what? I take that back. Everybody (laughs) should turn to Celine in times of strife. Celine or Blink-182, whatever soothes the soul, you know? All the small things. This brings us to number two. Days after five people died on the submersible, which imploded 1,600 feet from the Titanic wreckage, Netflix announced they were bringing back the movie Titanic, streaming July 1st. You know what they say, the devil works hard and Netflix works harder. And the number one most ridiculous story comes from a TikTok conspiracy theorist or a journalist to Gen Z. (laughs) He is claiming... That ever since the Titanic sank in 1912, the ghost of the captain of the Titanic has been haunting the North Atlantic Ocean water. Okay, according to this TikToker, hundreds of passengers sailing through the North Atlantic have reported ghost sightings on their ships of a man who looked like the captain. Like, can you visualize that white-bearded guy from Titanic, Jason? That guy. And here's what the TikToker says. The craziest thing is that the Titan's debris was only found 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic. We do know that it imploded, but during the search mission, the U.S. Navy picked up what sounded like banging noises or distress signals. Was it the distressed souls of those who died in the Titanic sending a signal that they're angry? Could be. Or... Was it a submarine controlled by a $50 Xbox controller from 2010 that was designed in six weeks with materials bought at hardware and camping stores that was never approved or certified by any regulatory body? That or a ghost. We'll never know. And those are the top five most ridiculous stories surrounding the Titanic submersible disaster. And if you need a little Celine Dion to emotionally recover from this segment, which I honestly think Mm -hmm. Jason might, (laughs) here it is. Sung in part by my children so we don't get sued. 
While I would never compare myself to the victims of the Titanic submersible, I would never do that. Okay? Okay? Stay with me. I just want to tell you my personal experience with following along this tragedy was that through those four days, there was like a real feeling that they were somehow still down there. We just couldn't communicate with them, right? And I just kept imagining these five people in this tiny submarine the size of a minivan with like a Ziploc bag for a toilet and no windows. And, And like, it brought me back to a traumatic time that I had, again, not comparing myself to the victims of this tragedy, a traumatic time I had. One time at Disneyland, on the Finding Nemo submarine ride. Do you remember this ride? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You do? I don't think it exists anymore. But it was there when Evan and I, this is like a pre-child trip to Disneyland. Just Evan and I went, and we go on this Finding Nemo submarine. It literally submerges you underwater. I mean, it's much bigger than a minivan. There's like 30 people on there. And I don't remember you like go down and see Finding Nemo creatures I don't remember because I fucking blacked out, Jason. Never in my life have I had like a claustrophobic episode, but I lost my mind under the water in Disneyland. I started like hyperventilating and And panicking. And Evan is like, what is going on? We have no children, okay? We're there on a romantic (laughs) trip to Disneyland. I start screaming, get me out, get me out. Evan's like, everyone, no one knew what to do. I start banging the roof and the sides of the Finding Nemo submarine like I'm on the Titanic submersible. Mm. Like, get me out, screaming. They had to emergency stop the Finding Nemo ride to let me out of what I remember being a small Hole. I climbed out and I was like, I was like, could barely breathe. Evan had to give me water. He tells me to this day, it's one of the most embarrassing experiences he's ever had with me. And he watched me ride a mechanical <laughs> bowl in front of 50 of our closest friends and family. So that's. I don't want to like make light of your anxiety experience, but. No, please don't make light of my tragedy. No, please don't. Don't. At this time, do that's, not make light of okay. my tragedy. I'm, I apologize. What's next? What's next? Other than conspiracy theories about the tragic death of five passengers on a submarine that imploded, what's hot on TikTok? What's hot on TikTok? This weekend, Kylie Jenner posted a TikTok video going with her daughter Stormy on an adorable mother-daughter adventure. Today, we are going on a mommy-daughter adventure. To Target. They went to Target. We're here on our adventure. On said adventure, they picked up some Crocs, some rain boots, and a backpack with Minnie Mouse on it. Kylie Jenner's adventure with her daughter was going to Target, which to every other mom in America is called Tuesday. Okay? I went to Target last week with all three of my kids to get diapers, wipes, water bottles for camp, and cream for Rio's inexplicable full body (laughs) rash. When I go to Target, it's because mommy doesn't have childcare and we desperately need shit. But next time, I'll rebrand it as a (laughs) mommy and me adventure. So thanks, Kylie, for walking a day in regular people's shoes, which are actually $7 fake Crocs from Target. (laughs) And that's what's hot on TikTok. What's hot? 
Let me tell you what's not hot on TikTok, okay? Posting private videos of a celebrity getting action during Pride Month. Some padum padummy, thank you, posted a video on TikTok this weekend that was secretly filmed of Andy Cohen. And I'm just going to read the page six headline, quote, playing with a man's nipple at NYC Pride. <laughs> I shamefully watched the video. Jason, you haven't seen this? I have not seen, seen it, no. Okay, I love that I'm giving you I know. gay news. It's not like he's like, he's not doing something wrong okay. or illicit. He's at a gay bar. It's at a Pride event. He is just having fun with a man who is clearly consenting. There is nothing shameful about it. And as a result, this has blown up on gay Twitter. Is gay Twitter a thing, Jace? Like, black Twitter is a thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then it's blown up yeah. on all Twitter. Gay, <laughs> straight, black, white, Elon Musk Twitter. It's everywhere. Because people are livid that this intimate moment was shared online. There are thousands of tweets like, quote, justice for Andy Cohen, let him do gay shit at Pride in Peace. Whoever put this online is absolute trash. And we support Andy. To which Andy replied, thank you. That's the only comment that he's made about the video. And I... I just think that the whole uproar is really interesting because, you know, when Camila and Sean Mendez were covertly filmed hooking up at Coachella, no one complained about that, right? Like, right. we talked about it on this show. And I feel like maybe it's because they're a straight couple. Pause. And they were quite public when they were together, so <laughs> it didn't feel like such an invasion when that... Did you just get that? Yeah, it took me <laughs> 10 seconds. Cerebral, cerebral comedy <gasps> on Phone a Friend. Why do you think we were invited to Just for Laughs, Dad? For that. <laughs> Multi-layered. But listen, these guys are out, you know, drinking coffee together during the pandemic. They're kissing for paparazzi. They're a public couple. So nobody freaked out when that kiss at Coachella was covertly filmed and posted online. But Andy Cohen getting dragged for being gay at a gay bar during gay pride feels different. And I think it does feel invasive because pride is supposed to be a safe space for everybody, right? Right. At a time when you're trying to celebrate who you are and like what you're all about. The last thing you should have to worry about is getting, you know, shamed from people in your own camp. Right? Like that should never have been shared. And, and I don't understand why people are shaming him. If anything, I think we should be celebrating this 55-year-old father yeah. of two for getting out and getting after it with a much younger man, may I just say, and I am specifically impressed by the fact that he's, yes, playing with this man's nipple while having a casual conversation with another man. I was watching this video being like, is there anyone who can multitask like Andy Cohen? Okay, this guy can run Bravo, produce 11 housewife franchises and Vanderpump Rules and host reunions and a nightly show and chat with a friend while fondling a nipple. Mazels to you, Andy Cohen. <laughs> And for the last time this month, happy Pride, everyone. Padum, padum. <laughs> Whew. 
okay, let's get to it. And by it, I mean a phone call that will probably ruffle a lot of feathers and or feather mini skirts at the Oppenheim Group. That's the real estate agency from Selling Sunset. If you don't watch the show or you haven't seen season six, here's the only thing you need to know before I pick up the rotary phone and call Nicole Young. Nicole is a seasoned, successful real estate agent. She's been working at the office for years, but only joined Selling Sunset this season. Why? I want to ask her. Okay, you better believe I am. So early in season six, Nicole's first season, she innocently asks Chriselle, who's the main character, okay? She is the Lauren Conrad of Selling Sunset. Nicole asks her about a real estate listing that she's upset about from three years ago. She says Chriselle did none of the work, but took the credit for selling the home. And their boss, Jason Oppenheim, only put her on the listing because he had a crush on her. Nicole says this is affecting her business. She wants to get the credit for the homes that she sold. Well, instead of talking things out like professional businesswomen, Chriselle goes badass business bitch and erupts when Nicole accuses her of having a victim mentality. Listen to this. Okay, listen. One thing I have a problem with is a victim mentality, and it's not all about you. If a he victim is, mentality? Yes. Bitch, I will fucking... I've been through so much, First and all, I don't, don't even. Call me bitch. I'll call you a bitch. You are a bitch, and you've been a bitch. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So after that fight, which happened at a broker's open, okay, at a professional gathering, after that, this issue became the central plot line of season six. Chriselle accuses Nicole after that of being a drug addict, of being on drugs, of being, quote, cracked out. Since the season aired, Nicole has been bullied online. She's gotten death threats over this. And to my knowledge, uh, Chriselle hasn't done a lot to stop it. In fact, this feud is still raging on in real life, which is why Nicole asked me to call her so she could tell her side of the story. <gasps> so let's phone her. Girl, let's phone a friend. I have to tell you, I'm really nervous. Because I am not a confrontational person. I don't like being in the middle of drama, but I like Nicole. I've said that a few times on this show. Like, I I feel for her, and I want to help her make things right if I can. So, you know, depending on how this call goes, just please refrain from sending me death threats. I'm just the messenger here. Hello? Hello, Nicole Young. Hi. Hi. Oh, my Jessie. God. Yes, this is Jesse. Hi. Oh, it's so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Oh my God, Can absolutely. I ask you this? Is this truly your first podcast? You officially have my podcast virginity. That's, that's oh for life. Oh my God. That's forever. When you're off doing, you know, call her daddy and Mark Marin, you'll always carry Jesse Crickshank's phone a friend with yeah, you. Yeah, this is, this is a connection that we have for life. Ah, uh, Nicole... It really is my honor to be your first because here's the thing that I that I keep thinking about. One month ago, the world did not know who you were. Now you're on the number one show in the world. Suddenly you're in the tabloids. You're being accused of crazy things like using drugs. You're getting death threats. There is a lot to unpack and yeah. clear up. And so I'm just so glad you're going to do it here with me. Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah, the <sighs> last month it's been a lot. It's kind of like, you know, just a tidal wave, but, you know, did my best to prepare. But I don't think I really could have completely prepared for just the onslaught of everything all at once. Like, it was a lot. 
Let's go back to the beginning because you have been a legit licensed successful realtor with the Oppenheim Group for almost a decade. Yeah, at this point, almost a decade. Yeah, since the doors opened. Wow. Mm -hmm. So five years ago, you are minding your own damn business, bitch. You're working at your restoration hardware desk next to an exposed brick wall or like hanging chains. You're wearing something. No privacy. Yeah. No privacy. You're None. just out there in the open mm-hmm. with that metal desk. <laughs> I assume you're wearing something practical and or conservative. Yes. You find out they're doing a reality show about the brokerage. What is your knee-jerk reaction? So at first I was just like, oh, really? Is this something we have to explore? Like the last thing I want to do is put myself in front of the camera and my life and just not knowing what it was. So before Netflix even picked it up, it was a two-year process that that I was a part of. I mean, honestly, I never thought I was going to get picked up. I never thought it was going to go anywhere. So I just kind of begrudgingly was just going along with the process, like not really wanting to do it, but just, you know, I just, I was like, whatever, sure. I'll just go through the motions, you know? It's a work thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then it started getting more serious. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually, I think this is actually happening. And so I stayed, you know, par for the course until the last like two days before we started filming the scissor reel. And I just <gasps> was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not ready for this. And I remember I, I, I pulled out, which wasn't a, wasn't a great first impression, you know, with production and all that. But Mary and Christine called me and they're like, why are you not going to do it? It's going to be so different without you. Like, we need you. Like, please just do it. And at that point, there was just no, there was no convincing. What was it? You just, I mean, A, you're just a normal person who didn't want your life exposed on television. Was that the fear? I mean, there were a lot of things. That was definitely one of them. Yeah. Also, I just didn't know what the show was going to be. I didn't know. I I couldn't risk it affecting my business in a negative light. And it's not like, I mean, where I am now is very, very different in terms of clients and experience and, you know, just overall business. But back then it was like, this is everything I'm focusing on. And if this goes sour or if this, you know, paints us in a bad light professionally, I was like, I just, I can't risk that. So I pulled out and I just felt like an elephant had been lifted off my shoulders at the time. You were so relieved. Yeah. And meanwhile, Christine Quinn is like, you know, trying on wigs and berets like she was made for this. But that's that's not in your DNA. Yes. So then here's my question, because there are almost I mean, now there's almost 80 realtors listed on the Oppenheim Group website, but only about eight are featured on the show. Right. So I'm curious, what is the selection process? Is it based on breast size slash willingness to create drama? I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah. Selling Sunset, I mean... There were all the original people that they kind of cast and, and spoke to. And then as the show was going on, you know, they would bring in people from outside the brokerage. You know, even Chriselle, she wasn't initially part of her brokerage until the show started. Yes. Same with Chelsea. Same with Bree. Right. And then for season six, they came back to me again. And I was like, at that point, I just felt like I just had so many things in my ears, like pressure from from the girls particularly like the ones I'm closest from, lots of pressure from Jason and Brett. Uh-huh. And, and even my husband was like, you know, maybe you just, maybe you should do it. Maybe you should just, just, just do it. So then I just was like, all right, I guess. I guess it's happening. I guess we're doing this. I guess we're doing wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So you get told you're going to be on Selling Sunset season six. This is it. 
At that point, do you feel pressure to like change your look, your body, your style? Oh, for sure. I mean, not my look, but I was like, at that moment, I was like, okay, done drinking. <sighs> I got to get on the uh, the Peloton every day. Like, mm. you know, this is this is after two years of sitting around drinking wine at home. Right. Post-pandemic, I was You're like- You're fresh out of the pandy. Fresh out. Also being like, okay, oh my God, how do I compete in terms of the wardrobe department? Like- Oh my God. What did you do? I mean, was pre-selling Sunset Nicole wearing thigh highs and a crop top? No. I mean, not to the <laughs> not to the office. Not to the office. No, like on vacation yeah. or maybe with, uh, with girlfriends. But that sure. was actually like a big, big stressor because- I was like, I don't even know where to begin. And it's not like, like the girls at this point, you know, I can make a call. Hey, Mary Fitzgerald and designers and people will be like, boom, 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 boom. Me, it's like, right. hey, no one knows who I am. I'm just a little realtor. Um, you know, so it was, it was tough, but I ended up finding a wardrobe stylist who she didn't like, it's like we put together every outfit, but she basically came over the, with a rack of clothes that I could use throughout the season. Oh and my God. So it basically just kind of gave me more stuff to choose from, but it was a lot. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's part of the selling sunset world. And so Oh, it sure if is. You're gonna do it. You've gotta a- accept that. Like no one wants to be plain Sarah Jane coming in and just, you know. No. And listen, when you when even when you would come into an office meeting in like a sequin hot pant and a bustier, and your colleagues are would be like, Who's the prude? Like does well, she know. even work here? Where's her areola? That was the funniest part, too, because there were so many outfits where I was like, whew, like, this is the oh. sexiest I have ever walked into this office. Oh, yes. Like, I felt like I was naked half the time. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm the conservator one. I went, definitely didn't. <laughs> ah, I did not expect true. that. It's true. It's true. You know, when you walk in in like a crop top and a hot pant and I'm like, oh, well, she looks professional. You know, there's something going on. Yeah. What yeah. was the most shocking outfit to you this season? You know, like it was Emma's like schoolgirl outfit, which I was like, that is Barely covering your jelly beans, girl. I mean, what's... <laughs> I mean, listen, the girl's got an insane body. But Please. I was like, we just only need to show these lips. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Before you said that, I was like, I'm not sure what body part she's even referring to by jelly beans. That could be any number of things on yeah. this show. But uh, I got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Um. So... Now, I kind of want to, like, know when the producers, they tell you you get the show. So now you're going to be on the show. Do the producers give you any sense of who they want you to be? You know, do they say, so you're going to be the new villain or the new hero? How do they pitch it to you? For me, zero. Zero. They're like, you know, we're really looking forward to you bringing in your, basically, your real estate knowledge. And we love the fact that you've been here from the beginning. You have all these, these, you know, long-time existing relationships and just be you. And I was like, okay, well, that I can do. I'm not an actress. I have zero abilities in that. So the only thing I can play is myself. Mm, Interesting. So let's, should we just dive in? Yes. Into the the murky waters. Yeah. 
So your drama started when you decided to bring up some listings with Chriselle. These were from three years prior mm-hmm. that you still felt a lot of resentment about, right? You felt like Chriselle didn't deserve to be on the listings with you. She didn't do any of the work to sell the homes and that Jason possibly put her on the listings because he had a crush on her. And I get all of that. Like, that sounds like some bullshit. But I guess my question for you is why bring it up three years later? Yes, absolutely happened three years ago. However, this is definitely not something I brought up out of thin air. Mm. She was very aware for the past three years that I was very upset about. There were a lot of arguments about it, mainly and initially just between Jason and I. Like, he was the first person I called. He was the person I had the arguments with. Like, I was very much aware that this was more of a Jason issue, and I'm going to take it up with him. Like, when season two came out... That's when I found out, as the rest of the world was watching, that she had been put on that listing as a listing agent. I did not know until I watched the show from my couch and going, wait, what? Wait, what? So you had sold a house under your name. Mm -hmm. You were doing all the broker's opens. You were doing all the work. Everything. Nine months. Yeah. We fell out of basketball three times. You sit back and watch the show, and she's taking credit for this home? Yeah. <gasps> Nicole! Yes, and like having scenes with my and Jason's client and saying that she got the listing from, you know, door knocking, and I was just like shocked. But other bigger thing is, you know, at the time when, when I was working on those listings, my husband and I had, you know, fairly recently moved to the Valley, and I really wanted to focus on you know, just doing more business in the Valley. Mm-hmm. And real estate's kind of a catch-22 in the sense that you need to have business in an area in order to garner more business in that area. You can't Absolutely. just be like, hey, just moved to San Francisco, hire me. And you're like, have you done any business here yet? You right. don't know this market. Of course. So Jason had gotten, you know, these two listings, brand new construction, great price point. And I'd made it very known, hey, I, I really want to work on those with you. I really want to call this. He was like, all right, well, if you want to do that, but I'm going to give you a 90% commission cut. 90. So wow. I received a 10% of what I would normally receive for both yes. those properties. So a drop in the bucket again. Mm. But the whole reason was, you know, these are going to be my sales. I'm going to use this with my business mission to get more business. So totally. The whole point was, you know, for this to be on my closed sales and no one else's. So if I had taken a full commission split, it wouldn't have been an issue. But it's like, if I'm not getting the money that I normally would and uh-huh. someone else is taking recognition worldwide, yeah, I was like, uh, I'm just not Cinderella working in the corner so someone else can take the glory uh-huh. of it. And the thing is like, because people are like, well, why are you upset with Chriselle and not Jason? Well, I was very upset with Jason. Yes. Um, But the thing is, she knowingly accepted that position, knowing she wasn't on the listing in terms of the real sale and the work, Mm -hmm. and this was just for film. Like, and the thing is, you know, obviously we're we're two different people, but if someone had presented that situation to me, I first of all I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm just I don't want to get myself into hot water and have these issues. But I'm gonna make damn well sure that the real listing agent is aware and okay with this. Yes. 
but it benefited her. So I think that's all that matters, you know, for her. Mm. She was just like, this is, this is great for me and I'll take it. Thanks. Not (gasps) caring who, you know, how, how this affects someone else. So it's just, it's, it's a layered, you know, there's a lot of components in this, which none of which were shown. None. None. This is why you needed to come on this podcast I to know. set the record straight. I know, I know. And then probably a month before filming started, it came up again. Uh-huh. So they're like, okay, maybe this is a good opportunity for you and Chriselle to have a sit down one-on-one mm. and for you guys to just kind of hash it out and you know for you to explain why this is a fact to do and at the time now looking back i'm like real naive nicole real <laughs> real naive that was called producing i know but i was like yes that sounds like a great idea sure. like, if i have the opportunity to sit down with her businesswoman to businesswoman i was like there's no way that she's not gonna understand why i'm upset about this and why this is affected me Obviously, that clearly didn't happen. But even the daily film that scene at Chelsea's Brokers Open, what the first scene where it kind of just blew into a shit show from there. Yeah. She had texted Jason and I on a group thread. Uh-huh. We had had an argument about the listings that day, hours before filming. So her coming on there and saying blindside, I'm like, I know you're a lot better actress than I am, but. We just had an argument about this at noon today. Like, what? Wow. So I was just, I was put in a really tough position in terms of like, there's the fourth wall, there's the production stuff. And there's also just the conflict and stress of dealing with this on camera, which I have nerves for. And then on camera in these highly contentious situations, I was over my head. I was so Nicole, so you truly, because there was part of me that thought, well, listen, she's new to a television show. You know, yeah. you have to do your part. You can't just show up and sell real estate on a show about right. selling real estate. You have to cause drama to keep that metallic desk. So For I sure. thought maybe you intentionally brought this up to like stir the pot, cause the drama, but you genuinely did not expect it to blow up. You no. thought it would be a professional conversation. Legitimately thought, and I legitimately thought, hey, this might be a good opportunity to kind of just, even if it wasn't squashing it, at least just come to an understanding. Because sometimes Clear just being the heard air. goes a long ways, you mm. know? And mm. the other thing is, like, in terms of me coming on the show, like, I very much thought I was just going to kind of be more of a background cast member. Like, and I was very much okay with that. I did oh, not no. want this to be one of the main <gasps> plot lines of season six. Like, this is not the... I've been off way more than I can chew because I just never thought it would go there. You just wanted to be Davina in the background. And here you are literally causing the number one, yeah. b- the most drama in the entire season. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Yeah. So you bring up these old listings. Okay. It does not go as planned. It is not the professional convo you think it will be. Chriselle calls you a bitch, possibly a fucking bitch. And then you say... It's nice that her true colors are finally coming out. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. to say I gasped is an understatement yeah, because she has been the hero, the likable one right. on the show for six seasons. Right. And here you are telling all of us that she might not be what she seems. Yeah, because I mean, listen, I've I've seen a 
much different side, not filming, being around for many years. And I was like, oh, she cracks. Like she cracked. This is that 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 nice girl for facade is is starting to twitch a little, you know? And that wasn't what I was necessarily going for, but it was also one of those things where I was like, okay, great. Like, let's take the mask off and like let's show who we really are, you know? And and the other part too is listen, drama and conflict is a very major part of Sailing Sunset. It just Yes. It is. And, you know, after having those conversations with with producers, I was like, okay, well, I don't I don't have any other drama. But this is something that's current. This is something that's been ongoing. This uh-huh. is something very real. Mm-hmm. This is something very close to my heart. And this is something real estate related, as mm. opposed to being something petty or exaggerated. Or and I was like, I guess this is the this is the time to to do this. Listen, I had a goal in mind, and I yes. failed. But getting camera time for this was just not the debut I was looking for. Oh, Nicole. And it was also hard, too, because, like, my intention wasn't to come after her business and make her look bad. It was just, I need to correct something that is affecting my business. Mm. I make a living solely from real estate now and for many decades in the future. So, you know, this is a, mm. this is a big piece of that pie. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. yeah, but it yes. turned into a... It exploded and escalated to a point where she accuses you very blatantly of being on drugs, of being a drug addict, of being, quote, cracked out, which I'm not sure I've ever seen such dangerous accusations made on a reality show. That could Uh, ruin someone in your position. What is going through your head as she's saying that? I mean, as she's saying that, my stomach just drops and... The first few seconds, I mean, I was just a deer in the headlight and I was like, oh my God, this stigma is going to follow me for God knows how long. I was like, my family's going to see this. My in-laws are going to see this. Most importantly, my clients are going to see this. I was like, you say that to someone, just like if you call someone a wife beater who is not, that's a really serious stigma that people don't really care if you approve it or not. What you call them, again, like I've said so many times in the show, like the damage is in the accusation. But I really, very truly think the only reason she said that is I hit another nerve with her. And I think she wanted to get ahead of things by tarnishing my reputation in the public eye so that when I do say these, you know, truthful things that are, you can't deny, she's already ruined my reputation. She's already turned people against me. And I got to say, She did a pretty damn good job in terms of that. She succeeded. Yeah. In that moment, are you clocking the cameras thinking like this is going out on a television show that's going to be seen by millions of people around the world? Is that what you're thinking primarily? Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If cameras weren't there, my reaction would have been very different. Sure. Absolutely. Fuck you and (laughs) I'm moving on, you know? Right. And that's that's something I think a lot of people just forget they're like mm-hmm. well if i was accused of drugs and you know being cracked out and i wasn't like i would just laugh it off well yeah me too if it wasn't you know being re- filmed for a netflix show which is going to be shown worldwide mm-hmm. by hundreds of millions of viewers mm-hmm. yeah the stakes are a little bit different 
And that's why you went and took a drug test and hired a lawyer and were prepared to publicly fight the accusations and prove her wrong because you were on a show. It wasn't like I was trying to be overly litigious. I mean, my thing was like, shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. I will have proof if this continues any further. But like, you can't say this kind of stuff. This Mm -hmm. this has very real world repercussions. And mm-hmm. long-term repercussions. Like you can't, you can't just mess around with throwing that kind of stuff out there. Like it's reckless. And you know, Amanda said something so smart to me on on her episode, which was that if this was true, if Chriselle actually genuinely thought that you might have a drug problem, you don't scream it across a table at dinner wearing a Hervé Leger bandage dress. That's right. not how we bring it up. No, exactly, exactly. Like. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. Like, that's mm. just, even if you hated someone, like, and that, and that's why I, I think it was just to tarnish my reputation, to get two steps ahead. And wow. Yeah. It's a lot worse than being uh, listed on a couple of homes that she didn't sell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just to clarify, uh-huh. do you have a drug problem? I definitely do not have a drug problem. And all. At all. Thank you. I mean, listen, it's, and I make, I, yes. I'm very open about this. Please. Just like I like my Sauvignon Blanc at night, I enjoy some weed gummies every now and then. But not doing hard drugs, not doing drugs at a bachelor party. Like, there are just so many things that was like, what you're saying doesn't even make sense. And by the but way, that's like, what it sounded to me is like maybe she saw you years prior. Let's say it was a bachelorette party. Maybe you were smoking weed or you did mush or whatever it was, which many of us have done. Yeah. And somehow that to her became Nicole is a drug addict. And then somehow that turned into Nicole is a meth addict. And it all Where just got so out of hand. So out of hand. For me, I, like, I don't think she actually was saying like I'm smoking crack, but cracked out doing crack. What, I put that and cocaine and all those kind of things in the same category. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I do not touch with a pole. Yeah. Yes. Weed and cocaine are on a different level. Right. Mushrooms and crack are on a different yes. planes. Yes. Everything and meth is in a different plane. Yes. yes. And she's never I, seen me do any of those things anyways. It was just right. throwing, you know, uh, I will say she's very good in terms of she knows how to sell a lie. Accusation, and then gives a specific story. Now, that also puts me in a position to be like, well, no, no, de- defending yourself, which almost just looks worse. Mm. She's good at, you know, trying to tarnish people's reputation. And it was a lot. Yeah. Wow. It was a lot. Was Has Chriselle retracted that statement anywhere or apologized? Not to me. Okay. No, absolutely not. No. So since the show has aired, you have been viciously attacked online. And I want to read a few of the comments because they Uh really are so shocking. Is that okay with you? Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like Teflon at this point. There's nothing. Oh, my God. (laughs) I put everything under the sun where I'm like, silver lining is at least. I don't think you can say anything at this point that's going to affect me because I've I've heard it. Everything. (laughs) And these are the public ones. The DMs. (gasps) These, oh, the DMs are worse. Oh, oh, and they don't have an audience. Oh, Jesus. People really, they really go for the jugular. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I want to know the ones that stick out to you, though. Okay, so I have, here's what I found in the the public comments. Uh, Watch out on the streets. Whores die. Uh Uh-huh. 
Oh, yeah. No one likes you because you're a crackhead. Uh-huh. You should leave the O group, you fucking meth head. Uh-huh. You're a cunt, a bully. I hope you die. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had I had people even putting witchcraft spells on me and how they're going to kill me and like, oh, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. Again, at this point, it's like, I see it. You're crazy. Delete. Sure. But the first week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because not being prepared for any of this. Yes. I was like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my. What just happened? Is it safe to leave my house? Like, are, are these people just, is, is this just empty words or is this? I just didn't know. I'd just never been exposed to any of this. And I was like, I don't know what to do right now other than just go in my room and cry for a bit. Yes. You know, like, well, Nicole, I once got death threats like that for months for a joke I made at an award show about Sean Mendez. His uh-huh. army came after me threatening my family and the shit that bothered I mean I cried I cried it was one of the hardest weeks of my life as ridiculous as that is but the thing that bothered me is that Sean knew that this was happening we had talked about it and he still didn't say anything he just watched me get harassed for weeks why was he resentful about it like it seems so weird yes I love, especially because, sorry, Sean Mendes is, is like an anti-bullying activist and he was just being tagged in thousands of comments. Hey, that were, this is your time to speak up, dude. Yes. <laughs> so let's like, because I look at a lot of these fans and they are delusional and they think that they are attacking you in the name of Chriselle. Right. And she has this big platform. Did she take anything back at that point? Did she stand up for you when that started happening? So, I mean... I've had her blocked for months, but I had friends being like, oh my God, did you, did you see what she said? They're like, oh, she, you know, she stuck up for you. And I was like, she did? Okay. And then they read it and I was like, okay, so she's basically just saying your opinions are, are what make the show, meaning the viewers, and let's just keep it fun. And I was like, okay, I, I, I appreciate a little bit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was like, hey guys, my camp, can we, can we, you know, backtrack a little here and because i would think if i were in that position i'd be like i don't want my fans or people who are supporting me you know going after someone like that in in a vicious way i was like that's just not i'm like that's not a good look right i just want to scream at these people like guys this is a television program. Right. Women are selling real estate in whipped cream bikini tops. Everybody relax. Exactly. Exactly. Would you say that she is playing a character on the show? Like that she's an actress and this is and that's how she approaches the show? Yes. I think you see a lot more of her true self feel in, in the most recent season and, and next season. Um, but I also think you know, I think she was also kind of cast as the protagonist, mm-hmm. you know, as the the Lauren Conrad. The Lauren Conrad. And I definitely think that is a, a position that she has been in since the beginning. So how has this experience been different from what you expected? The drama and the conflict aspect, which obviously is continuing. Yes. I'd had hopes for being able to show a lot more real estate. LOL. <laughs> LOL, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, the show is what it is. I mean, it's, it's a hugely popular and successful show because they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Way more intense than I 
had anticipated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially given all this stuff kind of happened towards the beginning, it made filming even that more difficult because it was like, again, I'm, I'm dealing with the nerves of being in front of the camera and then dealing with all these insanely uncomfortable situations, which just, you know, a lot of times like I felt tense and I just felt like kind of like an outsider and that doesn't come across super well on camera all yeah. the time. So by the way, did you have any idea that you roll your eyes as much as you do? Because it feels like they cut to you rolling your eyes at 99% of things totally. she would say. And I was like, poor Nicole. A lot of times the way they piece it together, because it was like, I'm not like a creep in the background, just sneering at someone. I was like, that's <laughs> no. creepy. And I'm not creepy, you know? Right. So they but- really cut you creepy in that poolside scene. <laughs> yeah. So will you go back to the show after all this, because the crazy thing to me is that you say no initially uh, because you are worried that it could hurt your professional career. Mm-hmm. You're worried about what, what drama could unfold. Yeah. It feels like your worst nightmares came to be. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But there's also a positive in that in the sense that can't get any worse. <laughs> and I've clearly learned a lot. Season seven wrapped like yeah. six weeks before season six even aired. So unfortunately, oh. that's already in the bag. So all these lessons learned and things I will do differently in mm-hmm. are not going to be shown on season seven. Okay. It's just me still being in the blind. We like haven't seen an episode yet. Okay. If there's a season eight, which I would imagine there will be, mm-hmm. um, I have to. I have to go back and try to tried to do better. That's a badass business bitch right there. Cue the soaring female songstress, Nicole. I'm not a quitter and it can only get better from here. Mm. And Nicole, I have said it before. I will say it again. I just think you're great on the show. I think your experience and your professionalism shines through. And the most important thing for me. Okay, good. Yeah. So I would like to move away from the drama and back into the world of real estate. Can we do that? Yes. So under Jason Oppenheim at the O Group, you have become a top-selling realtor. You have $100 million in sales and counting, Mm -hmm. as you say in the trailer. So I want to know how you do it in a game of selling anything. Selling anything. Selling anything. Here's what it is. There seems to be a language that realtors use to describe things about homes that might not be ideal. Do you know what I mean? Like cozy is a code word for small. Vintage means old, right? So Uh if you're really good at your job, I feel like you can spin anything in any home to sound great. So I'm going to pretend that I'm touring an imaginary house with you. I'll mention some things about it and you have to sell it to me like it is amazing. Got it. Got it. You ready? Yep. It's like a little improv game. Okay, okay, here we go. Hi, Nicole. I'm so excited to see this listing. I'm so excited to show you. Let's mm. let's walk in. Okay, well, first, I'm just noticing that the house is right across the street from a high school. Yes, but you know what? Uh, for kids, they're not going to have to go on the bus. You know, it's going to be a much safer area. And frankly, you know, you're not going to have to get up in the morning and night to pick them up. It's just a lot easier for your children and honestly, this is a really big plus. That's so true. I never saw it that way. And a lot of your neighbors, this is one of the features that they love about being in this neighborhood. Oh, okay. Good to know. And now we're inside the, this is the, the living room, I guess. It's just so much smaller than it looked in the pictures. 
The great thing about this living room is unlike some of the homes that are just completely wide open and you have mm. even no separate spaces, well, right. I, you have children. So yes. listen, if you want to have them playing in one room and you want to have some adults over and some wine and charcuterie night, you can actually do that. So I feel like the open floor plan is really great for a bachelor, but logistically speaking, I think this is going to serve you much better and your family for for years to come. Interesting. I never thought about it that way. Okay. Oh, wow. So I'm just walking into this uh, bathroom. Is this a toilet right next to the washer dryer? Um, you know, it is. The last seller um, felt it was it was convenient. But here's a good thing. Mm. You obviously have plumbing in here. So we can yes. quickly just switch out the toilet for, for an additional washroom sink. You know, big basin, farmhouse oh. sink. And that's going to be something that's going to increase value to the property at a very, very low cost. And I can recommend oh, I you some, some, you know, contractors do it. It'll probably take two days. Easy peasy. What a vision. Okay. Sorry, that's just a lot of a really loud barking dog. Is that the neighbors? Yes, but you know what? That's also going to help protect your property. Trust me, that's going to be your favorite neighbor. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I would like the the additional security. Oh my God. Did you see that? That was a little girl staring at me from the basement stairwell. Oh my God, she's gone now. Are you? Um. Oh, you know what? That's um. That's my little pretend friend. Her name's uh. Her name's Angelica, and she's very angelic. And she just comes oh. with me sometimes if you know if there's any bad jujus. Mm. I did have a question for you. Now it was disclosed in the listing that somebody uh, recently died in the house. What happened? You know, she died peacefully in her sleep. Okay. Hospice and family around her. Okay. Um, and that's also why the family is is trying to get rid of this property quickly and why you're getting this at such a significantly lower price. So I mean, I'll take a house of death if it's if it's got a good price tag. What is the price on this house, by the way, Nicole? It is uh twelve point three seven million. Million. Okay, so should I make an offer? Yeah, yeah. Great. I definitely think so. In fact, I'm just gonna make a cash off for for twelve point seven and let's amazing. call it a day. Sold. Perfect. And that is how you absolutely nail selling anything. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Nicole, that's terrifying, actually. That is Thank you. Thank you. That's I will terrifying. say those were those were a lot of challenging things to work through, but you know? I feel like you've you've dealt with a barking dog before. That came out too oh. naturally. Oh, I have dealt with things that you can't even imagine. Oh my God. Nicole Young, if anyone ever doubts your prowess as a realtor, you just direct them right here to this episode, okay? I I don't love need to it. see your MLS listings. That is proof enough. Um, thank you. Nicole, thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you for letting me pop your podcast, Cherry. Yes. Good luck with season seven. Thank you. I will be watching. You can find Nicole on Instagram at It's Nicole Young. Follow her. Leave her the kind, supportive comments that she deserves. Okay, phone of friends. And now I'm going to go let you sell some million dollar homes. $12.6 million yes. homes to be specific. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Thank you, yeah. Nicole. Thank you so much. So much fun. Bye. Bye. Nicole Young. Oh my God. What? I mean, I liked her on the show. I just, I like her even more now. She is a true badass business bitch who is about her business enough to want to clear things up on an elder millennial Canadian redheads podcast, especially when the accusations have gotten this out of hand, you know, not just on the show, but in real life. So I hope that this conversation, that our conversation we just had helps her 
resolve things with Chriselle, although I have a feeling it will probably make things worse. And you know what? If it makes for more drama on season eight, you can thank me for it. Thank you, Nicole. We're going to go for a glass of wine soon, by the way. Um, I will report back on that. I'm basically, can you tell? I'm just creeping my way on to selling Sunset. Okay, a few more calls to cast members and I'll have a full body makeover and a real estate license. After the break, one phony, I'm still trying that out. I'm not sure how it feels. One phone a friend needs you to know something when you order at a restaurant. This will change your restaurant going experience. And another one is calling to shame me. Fun. That's next. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. are back. And uh, Jason, you recall a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I talked about going out for dinner and having a very aggressive young waitress basically forcing me to order a butter tagliatelle, which I didn't want to order. She told me I had to. It was the best. You came out here as a, a former... Mm-hmm. service industry person. And you said maybe there was something else going on. Maybe the restaurant had given incentives for her yeah. to sell more of that particular pasta. Jason, you okay. blew people's minds, okay? The inbox has been flooded by other former servers who are telling me all of the crazy things that happened behind the scenes and why servers might recommend certain dishes. Okay. So here's one of the many voicemails we got. This one is from Emily. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hey, Jesse, Love the podcast. As somebody who's worked in lots of fancy restaurants for many, many, many years, I wanted to let you know that if you ever ask for a recommendation and the server starts off by saying, oh, this one's my favorite, steer clear because her taste buds or his taste buds and your taste buds are probably way different. And what they teach you in the really fancy restaurants is that you give recommendations based off of facts. So you're going to say something like, 
Oh, the burrata salad is amazing. You know, we get the burrata fresh in from Italy three times a week, and it's paired with local tomatoes from wherever. Like, something with some substance behind it, not just, I love the brown butter pasta. Also, I wanted to let you know that when I lived in LA for a hot minute, uh, I was working at some really fancy restaurants, and you came into the restaurant and were such a lovely patron. So I just wanted to say I love you for that. Okay, bye. Whew, well, that is a relief. <sighs> Let me just say, my butt was clenched tight there for a hot minute when she said I came into her restaurant. But that's nice. Nice to know. Thank you, Emily. So I guess listen for facts. Okay, so not like my favorite, not I love, just we want hard facts. This burrata is from this farm, and factually, it's delicious. That's a hot tip. By the way, uh, Jason, we also got a voice memo in my DMs on Instagram from another phony, Mm -hmm. testing it out still. Mm -hmm. Not mad at it. This time a phony in Italy. And I was like, oh my God, we are huge in Italy because we did have a, a, a caller from Italy previously, right? Yeah. What, is that the masturbator mater one? <laughs> no. Oh. Wait, Maybe am I making was, something up? But if anybody, no, if somebody did not hear that episode, I just want to <laughs> leave it at that. Was that the masturbator? No, you have to listen to all the apps. Uh, no, we did have a, a phony phone in from Italy. Um, and I actually sadly believe that this is the same one. I think we have one fan in Italy <laughs> oh, yeah. and she left. Another voice memo. Um, Her name is Luna. She called in mostly just to correct my horrific pronunciation of Italian words. So because we aim to educate here, this is her tutorial. First, I say trattoria. It's trattoria. (laughs) Next, I say osteria. She says osteria. Oh. Osteria. Oh. Try that one. Osteria. Ooh, that was good. You're good at okay, it. Okay, next, I say burrata, right? Like a burrata salad. No. Burrata. Oh. Ooh! <laughs> I, I am rock hard <laughs> just hearing her say that. Burrata. Burrata. I say bruschetta. What do you say? Bruschetta? Bruschetta? I, bruschetta, yeah. When I go to like bruschetta? Eastside Mario's, I get the bruschetta. <laughs> That's my fine dining. That's my brand. Well, according to our one Italian listener, phony, phone a friend, elder millennial, she says it's bruschetta. Bruschetta. See, like if you you went into that restaurant. Yeah, no, I can't. You can't. If you go into that restaurant and say it like that. The only thing you can say at Eastside Mario's is bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, now you're speaking the language. You can't order the bruschetta. No. (laughs) No, but I dare you to next time. In suburban Ottawa, no. (laughs) Finally, I said I ordered the brown butter tagliatelle. And she told me that I should have ordered the tagliatelle. You could hear the judgment in her voice. She was like, (sighs) exhausted by me. This is how you pronounce it. So next time any of you go to the Eastside Mario's in suburban Ottawa, Ottawa, (laughs) now you can order. It's pronounced Ottawa. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you, Jason. God, what would I do without everybody supporting me and my ability to speak? Um, next time you go to the Eastside Marios in suburban Ottawa, please order the tagliatelle. You know what? This whole guide is going to come in really handy when I pack up my belongings and travel down the Riviera to suburban Ottawa <laughs> to, to the local trattoria for some bruschetta and tagliatelle. <laughs> Who says this show doesn't provide you with culture? Every week we just give and give and give. Except for next week when we will pause our giving. We are off for the Canada Day slash America Day holiday. We will be rerunning one of my personal favorite episodes. So make sure you catch up on that. And then we'll be back weekly for the rest of the summer. Jason, what should we end this one with? So many options. Ooh, yeah. You could go... Shania, you could go Celine. Ooh, unearth that tragic feeling again. You could go breakfast beer. I mean, all the small things. <gasps> no, that's, it's been in my head since you played it. Canada Day. <laughs> you can't do it before Canada Day. You have to go with some Canadian content. Oh, okay. Then breakfast beer. We are days away from Canada Day. We have to either go Let's Go Girls or breakfast beer. And Jason. Jason is going for a Let's Go Girls to my country theme party, is opting for breakfast beer, and we love to hear it. Breakfast beer, I don't want to hang over. Huge thank you to everyone's favorite not-drug addict, Nicole Young, for popping her podcast cherry with me and truly for sharing her truth, her side of the story. I'm so grateful to be the one she felt comfortable coming to. More of her castmates are coming this way, friends. I am basically the Andy Cohen of Selling Sunset without getting any nipple action. <laughs> and happy Canada Day to all of my Canadian phonies. I don't know, are we liking phonies, Jason? I, yeah, it is growing on me. You were right about that. It's growing. It's growing. Okay, well, we'll come back to it in a couple of weeks. I hope you all crack a breakfast beer and drink it by a lake or a Caesar, whatever floats your boat. But I hope you're listening to this song while you're doing it. Happy America Day to our American phone friends and happy Italy Day. Whatever the hell that is, to our one Italian listener, Luna. I hope you smother <laughs> yourself in burrata. <laughs> You're I will me. miss you, phonies. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Have a great vacay, Jason. You, t- you too. Enjoy not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to get tickets to see me live in Montreal on July 29th. Have a great long weekend, everybody. Bye. It's actually pronounced bye. <laughs> Phone a friend was created by our mom, Jessie Crookson. The executive producers are Jessie Crookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Real Gatika. We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.